likes which candy for Halloween? This is the focus group. It's the savvy side of nine to five. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. (laughs) And learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the focus group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Tim Bennett. Today, uh, October 30th, thanks to our listener, Jay DeFinis, is National Candy Corn Day. National Candy Corn Day. National Candy Corn Day. I happen to like candy corn. And I used, as a kid, I ate candy corn a very particular way. You'd bite one piece off, then the next. Remember, because it was uh, orange, white, and whatever. White, yellow, and yeah. <laughs> hey, focusgroupradio.com is the... Uh, website you should go to to find out all about me and Tim and to listen to the shows, all our audio and videos there. And uh, we encourage you to check out Unbuttoned, which is our Tuesday audio podcast um, available on iTunes, Spotify, everything else, every place where the focus group's available. But that's only 20, 22 minutes, three big stories that we think are big and important. And that drops every Tuesday morning. So continue to listen, subscribe, like, and rate if you are. And if you haven't checked out Unbuttoned, by all means do so, because some of our friends call Unbuttoned the commutable version of the show, the commutable, or the or the gym version of the show, like as if as quick. if twenty minutes, yeah, <laughs> quick, you're in and out. Jelly Belly says they make the best candy corn. We had their candy corn. We toured the facility when yeah, we were out I in think California. The, it's kind of creamy. Do you like their candy? I, I did like their candy corn. I always, I'm used to the stuff. Was it? Brock's, Brock's Brock's candy corn, yeah. Did you get candy corn this year? No, no. I broke down and I brought candy for the kids tomorrow. It's supposed to pour rain, though, here back east. Our weather, they're not saying that. It's supposed to, but they're they are hedging their bets. They're saying things like, maybe it will not be a heavy rain. Well, what do you want to bet? It's going to already changed Halloween to be Friday. Really? And uh, I was hoping they would change it in my town to be Friday. You know, I got there. Well, I'm I'm one of the only left now in my neighborhood. Everybody's left me. Mm-hmm. And I gave those big candy bars out. And I broke down yesterday. Went to the Costco, and I got. I didn't get as much as I, I used to get five boxes because I would get two or three hundred kids of those big candy yeah. bars. But I only got two this year. Hershey's. Well, all they had left were they do different packs. Yeah. They do like a Mars pack or something else. And so it was Hershey bars, Reese's, Kit Kats. Maybe Hershey Almond. But I like the other one. They used to have the Snickers, mm-hmm. Milky Way. Oh, so you really went with the... Uh, but yeah. they didn't have any of that left. You know what you should so do? I held is, off on Halloween. Here's a great Halloween idea. Introduce children to dark chocolate. Go out and buy 85% Oof. dark, dark chocolate. Well, I did, I did have... I, I did buy Welch's just to have as a backup. Welch's fruit treats, little things. They're almost yeah. like gummy bears, yeah. but they're fruit snacks. They're, and they're little, little packets. Little packets. Yeah. I did that just to be safe. And one year I did like peanut butter crackers. You know, those like Lance peanut butter crackers. Actually, those went. Did they really? There's a woman up the street used to wear, which I always thought she should have been arrested, but she wore an apron and it had nine pockets in it, like a pocket over each boob and one in the middle and then pockets in the middle and pockets down by her hooch. And they, she would stand at the door and the kids had to go in and dig for whatever you got out of the pocket and that's what you got. And... I remember the no one day you said she should be arrested. Well, this I little mean, na- the little neighbor kid, Nikki, comes and he's telling me about this. He got a transistor radio. He went right down the hooch. And I said, Where did because nobody wanted to touch down there? And that was the prize. You know, you got the, he got a transistor radio. And his mother's like, Where did you get this? And we were screaming. And the mother went up to the house to look to see. She says, Sure enough, the woman's out there standing there with this big robe on, old woman. And the kids had to go pull out of her pouch, but she's essentially getting felt up. When the woman moved, she moved recently, and I said, I, Maybe I should ask for the apron for Halloween. <laughs> Who's going to get the apron? Neighbors all laughed. That apron could be popular down in the some of Rehoboth. Can you gay imagine bars, doing I that? Imagine. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I we had strange Halloween stories one on one, right? Like when I was a kid, we had one house we kind of liked to avoid because it was There's always that house. It was. They would often give you stuff, but you had to answer questions. How are you doing in school, well, kids? Well, like my father. And then, and then one year they had no candy, and instead it was you had to answer a question and you got a bag of pennies, and you had to tell them how you were going to invest your pennies. <laughs> we had one where you had to go in for hot cider 
and a donut. And meanwhile, as a kid, you want to get you want to get a move. You got to move. Yeah, you, you had X number of time to cover X number of houses to get a bag full of candy. I try to explain this to my dad. My dad's like you. You and my dad should do Halloween together because my dad all chit chat. Kids would come all chit chat, chit with the parents, chit chat with the kids. <laughs> kids have to come in, stand in front of the fireplace, get a picture taken. I'm like, Dad, kids don't want to do that. They want to get their candy and go. They got to move on. Keep it moving. Like, how are you getting, how are you sequestering them into the house to have a conversation? <laughs> My mom was one of those houses. A chatter? A chatter. So she, <laughs> she used to do this thing where she would take the brown lunch bags, put sand in the bottom and a little candle. Oh, yes. So she would light Motive. the driveway. Welcome. Kids would come. She'd have the camera set up. They would close the door. She'd have the picture oh of the costume God. in front of the double white doors. And I remember my sister, when my, my young, my sister took, when Emma was just a baby girl and she had a pumpkin outfit on that year. And Laura was there for a while because Emma's not really trick or treating. She was, you know, she's a baby. But Laura said to me, I think it was a couple of days later, she goes, oh my God. And she said, you know, mom does this whole thing. You know, and then the parents are clearly like, well, we got to get going. Let's thanks for that candy. Oh, no, see no, if this let's... came out. Let's take another one. <laughs> it's digital now. Uh, and then you'd call my mom. Oh, it was so wonderful seeing all the children in their their wonderful costumes. Of course, I oh, I don't like when parents always go store bought. I understand. I understand, but I I prefer the more original. So there was even this critique going on. If someone came in in one of those ratty Kmart things with the mask <laughs> with the elastic band, remember those? We when we were on the other platform, they they said in Alaska. Remember the listener called in and he said they could never buy the store ones because it was so cold. The plastic would all crinkle. The <laughs> costumes would disintegrate at Halloween. You could never halfway do through the night because the plastic was... would all freeze and break. <laughs> Speaking of costumes, your brother-in-law told told us about you and your little bunny outfit, which we still have not seen yet for Easter. How come we haven't seen that picture? I got to bring that. Remember that boys in the booth? John's John's dressed up like an Easter bunny one year. Remember that we were told? We have, uh, the whole booth is there. We have Garrett, uh, Robbie Bobby, and Steve, and Luba. Yeah, there we go. I remember that. Remember the bunny story? That was from Easter. My mother rented this costume with a paper mache head. The thing made you sweat. I lost like 10 pounds in five minutes wearing that suit. And I, and my Who has the pictures? Well, I do, and Steve does. I'm surprised, Steve I'm surprised Steve has not forwarded these. So my, I arrived for Easter, and, and by the way... Uh, Steve did forward me a Christmas photo. Of? Of the family. <laughs> Which it may, it may show up. Which, what is time. this? Got it through the Facebook. Uh, oh boy! See, this. apparently he and Laura were going through some things, and this is you and your little. It's got. It's it's got to be Christmas. You're in a Christmas sweater. I'm in a Christmas sweater. Uh-huh. High school, I think, probably. Oh my god! Well, you know what Steve's doing. So <laughs> Steve bought this scanner, and I think I might have mentioned. So this is why we're finding the pictures. And he is on a mission to digitize all those prints before they go even further down the fading out zone. It can scan 30 prints per minute. Wow. And minimal color correction. But to just feed them through? You, yeah, it scans them. They come up. You could do it. And most pictures, by the way, for most listeners, if you scan a photograph in and you're using a photo like Photoshop or Aperture or whatever the application is, often just playing with the blue will fix the color because those are the dyes that actually shifted the fastest. So what does one of those scanners cost? 100 bucks. Why wow, don't you just take all your photos and then you can rearrange them that way on the screen, right? Then you could you could crop them. Do they only scan at a certain resolution? But apparently, for the kind of pictures we took back then, it's a perfectly fine resolution. Ah, <laughs> let's go to Jason here in New York. Uh, Jason, maybe you have some information for me. But what is your question, my friend? I don't have information, but Happy Halloween Eve! Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I have a question in the comment. Which do you want first? Let's get the question. John, did you finally figure out how to use the magic eraser? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, your, and, your la- and your laugh speaks volumes because I'm still <laughs> puzzling over that damn magic eraser. However, no way. However, on our upstate house, there's a part of the railing of the stairs going down. The top of it has people touch it all the time, so it's really dirty. So yeah. Bob took a magic eraser. He did this thing on the top of the, the didn't take any paint off, took all the dirt off, and it's still intact. And, and I'm not sure we put any water on it. So, oh my God. Don't you, I Jason, don't you think, Jason, don't you think you have to put water on it? 
Yeah, that's how, that's the only way I know how to use it. That's how it works. Water on it, and we'll scrub it, maybe wet it, squeeze it out, do it again. Yeah. So you you guys are treating it like a sponge. Yeah. But it's a magic eraser. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what's your comment, sir? Oh, my comment is regarding that Lumen product. I think you guys had them on like back in the summer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I absolutely am that obsessed with it now. Oh, you're using it. Like did I tell yeah. we I, I like the 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 scrub. And I like the, yeah. um, it's the char the charcoal stuff. You're not, Tim, do you use the moisturizer? I actually used it this morning because I do use I it. Use it. It's, a, it's in my shower. So I, I do, the, I do the, the charcoal scrub, which is like black, and the other one's gray. Right. Yeah. I will say yeah. I'm not, and it's just because of my skin type. And um, when we had Patrick on from Lumen, he gave me another uh, moisturizer. My, uh -huh. The moisturizer that came in that gift pack to me um, was too much moisturizer for me. I and so oh, I don't, I didn't be. particularly care for that, but he did give me another one that I do, I do prefer. It's a, it's a, like a stick roll on sort of oh. thing, but I do love the, well, cl the cleansing thing. I've ordered like four months now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank yeah, you. It works. So wait, let, the other I, thing you guys, go ahead. go ahead, Jason. And the other product that you guys did is, um, the home candles. candle. I'm also obsessed with that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Those are great. I love those <laughs> candles are fun. And I was born in Pittsburgh, and that's where my mom is from. And I bought her a Pittsburgh candle. I can't tell yeah. you what Pittsburgh actually smells. It's I mean, like an old steel factory. Like, <laughs> smells like gin and regret. <laughs> that should be the name of a candle. There that was should one, be the I name think of a it candle. Was called, I think it's called Northern California. And years and years ago, Banana Republic had, had a series of candles that they did around the Sonoma Napa area, which are great. Wow. And this candle reminds me of that, this homesick candle. I think it's Northern California, it's called. And uh, I have it in the bathroom, and it is wonderful. It's, it's yeah. a great candle. No, those are good candles. All right, so before yeah. I let you go, Jason, yeah. I do treat the eraser like a sponge. I wet it. I squeeze okay. it out. It's not like okay. a little water. You could actually run it under the water, right? Tim's yeah. nodding his head like I'm crazy. I... I <laughs> I can hear his eyes rolling from here. Well, <laughs> so it would be like taking a, a wet, it would be like taking a dry sponge and trying to wipe things up that you're trying to do. You got to get it damp. I know. I, yeah. I, yeah. Bob is now convinced that magic eraser needs to be part of our life, regardless of whether I know how to use it or not. So that that's, oh. <laughs> he bought a, a, a plastic tub of these things, so. Oh my gosh! I know they sell them by them like like twenty a bunch, right? Yeah, and we think and Bob first thought it was a scam because he thought when we used it wrong, it fell apart, and then when we started using it, well, he uses it right. I don't use it right. I also rip them rip them apart. So before I wet them, sometimes if I just want a little area, I'll, I'll rip it in part. So I yeah. have two. This confuses me. I'm not ripping anything. I, yeah. I'm using it whole, it but apart. this <laughs> you get two pieces. All right, Jason. <laughs> thank you for calling. Yeah, Thanks for being a right, fan bye. of the show. All right. Before we go on, I wanted to give you a little Paul Lynn wisdom. Oh, boy. You know, I'm on the Buzzer TV thing, and I, uh, so let's see. Peter Marshall of the Hollywood Square says to Paul Lynn, a recent Navy picture had Admiral Zumwalt kissing Admiral Durek. Why? <laughs> Paul Lynn answers, too long at sea. <laughs> Here's one. Uh, this is this is Don Knotts answering. You've been having trouble going to sleep. Are you probably a man or a woman? And Don Knotts answers, that's what's been keeping me awake. <laughs> Trying to figure out which is which, I guess. Peter Marshall, what is a good reason for pounding meat? All in. Loneliness. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. What caught your eye? I'm not sure you could do any of that anymore. What caught your eye? Here's what Tim <laughs> right. and John He's found. You up, I don't think so. I don't think so. I saw this, and I, 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 I still don't know what the, uh, what the issue is. But Lady Gaga was at the Golden Globes in 2019, and she actually or earlier this year in January, and she uh, made history in 2019. She was the first person to win an Oscar, Grammy, BAFTA, and Golden Globe in a single year. And uh, so for A Star is Born, she wore this periwinkle gown with a 10-foot train on it. And it was designed specifically for her. Um, and it mimicked the gown that Judy Garland wore um, back when she was in A Star is Born in, uh, at the awards in 1954. Oh, I see the picture. Okay. Yeah. So if you're watching on our video, you'll see that there's a picture where Judy Garland wore. So Valentino made this dress 
for Lady Gaga, and it, it harkens back to the 1954 uh, dress that Judy Garland had. And then you see her with a reward and so forth. And so Valentino made the dress specifically for Lady Gaga, they said. And Lady Gaga left it in the room at the Beverly Hilton after the, after the ceremony. Accidentally? Well, that's what they don't know. So the housekeeper came in. The housekeeper had been doing the same suite of room for 24 years. She says she always works the Golden Globes. And she said in this handwritten note that Lady Gaga left her the dress. So what happens at this at the hotel, and there's actually a, a, a third-party um, service that does this called Chargerback. So when anything is left at the Beverly Hilton or any of these high-end hotels, you immediately bring it to the lost and found. They give it to this company called Chargerback, and then they keep it for three to four months, and then you send in, if you think you lost something, you send them a note, you describe it, and then you come pick up your good okay. or whatever. So. Nobody, she, so the, the maid turned the dress in in January, on January 8th, and the hotel gave it back to her uh, just a week or so ago, September. And um, so not a week or so ago, a month, month ago. And so they kept it for close to, yes, yeah, September 3rd, she got the dress back. So the maid didn't want the dress, so she put it up for auction for $8,000. Now Valentino's saying, that was stolen property, we want the dress back. So they so now there's this big kerfuffle as to whose dress is it? Is it the maid's dress? Was it Gaga's to begin with? They don't know. Lady Gaga's not given comment. She left the dress in the room. The maid took the dress, brought it to Lost and Found. The hotel kept it for nine months, close to nine months. Gave it to the maid. The maid's selling it. Valentino says that now that's my dress. Okay, this is whose easy. dress is it? You know, thanks, Judy. Th there you go. Thanks to you. Guess what we've been watching as well? Lots of Judge Judy. If I was to be on the Supreme Court, if I was Judge Judy and I heard that one what one fact would tip this in the favor of the What's maid, that? nine months. Yeah. If you're Valentino and you really love that gown and, and you didn't think that Lady Gaga, you know, was keeping it or whatever, you wouldn't you have started to ask Lady Gaga to have the gown back, please? Well, it says it was unknown whether the Beverly Hilton tried to contact Lady Gaga before they put the dress in Lost and Found. They said it's customary for fashion labels to loan outfits for stars for award shows. We all know that. Um, but they're wondering why if Valentino really was missing that dress, why they... Almost a year. Yeah. Did you not ask Lady Gaga where's the dress? And she said, Oh, I left it at the hotel, called the hotel, get the dress. Who'd you if you were Judge Judy, who would this be for? The maid's dress. The maid's dress, yeah. You know why? Because if this were Harry Winston, Cartier, Tiffany, and they let some kind of multi thousand dollar necklace lay around in Lost and Found, and then they said, No, 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 that's ours. We have to yeah. have that back. No, no, sorry, folks. No. They probably don't like the fact that she's put it up for bid. So the starting bid's eight thousand dollars. That's what it is. You nailed it, Tim. And Valentino said the dress was made specifically for Lady Gaga, but did not say whether it was her dress, whether they gave it to her. <laughs> In other words, she provided the measurements, right? Because it's for her body. It was her but, dress, right? And they don't know whether it was uh, her Maybe dress. it's her, maybe it's not. No, the okay. other question is, why would Lady Gaga leave that at the hotel? That's the big mystery. You know, but if you're Lady Gaga, you, you probably don't need a Valentino. She could wear the meat dress. Did she do that? It was pieces of meat. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. All right. Well, we had a we have very similar caught our eyes because uh, mine involved property that you know doesn't belong to somebody showing up online. And in this case, this uh, headline reads: "Photos released of Disney World property allegedly stolen by former employee in a fourteen thousand dollar heist." So now, if you're watching, <laughs> I happen to put up pictures of the employee who stole a number of wigs and dresses and animatronic props from various Disney things like the Haunted Mansion. And How the, old is that kid? <laughs> I don't know, but the, wig, the wigs they're showing are the wigs they would put on the robots in the Haunted... Oh, really? <laughs> they're, they're animatronics in the Haunted Mansion. So authorities have released <laughs> images of Patrick Spikes, formerly of Walt Disney World, and he's, he's reportedly stolen property from the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Uh, totaling more than 14,000. Uh, on Wednesday, law enforcement officials released some of the pictures of the property there. Um, he and another employee named Blayton Taunton, boy, 
Patrick Spikes and Blayton Taunton. I mean, this is almost like a book, right? I couldn't even make up those names. Blayton, B-L-A-Y-T-I-N. I am going to name my first son Blayton. Where does that name come from, do you think? Not the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not John Michael Peter. I mean, it's not any of that stuff, Blayton, right? Blayton, I don't think I've known a Blayton. Blayton, Blayton. Blayton Taunton. That they would use the underground tunnel network uh, in Disney World and the Magic Kingdom to move between the attractions, namely the Haunted Mansion and Epcot, to lift these things. Then they would put them online. So uh, Spikes lifted about 7,000 worth of costumes from the Magic Kingdom. And he stole something. He stole a part from a, a, a character called Buzzy who is a retired animatronic robot from the Cranium Command Center at Epcot. The animatronic parts he stole are valued at about 6000 The former Disney staffer is also accused of selling these costumes and props online, having received about 30000 from two people on PayPal between July and September for the wigs and some of the other paraphernalia from Haunted Mansion, etc. Here's what I don't understand. How Disney's pretty strict. Yeah. How yeah. were they getting, unless he put the stuff down his pants, I mean, how was he getting... Well, those wigs would be... They you were, could stuff those in your hooch, I know, I but know. I don't... What would you do? How would you get that stuff out of, out of Disney? Well, let's see here. They did say that um, they did this at night. But and, to, isn't, aren't they similar to, isn't Disney, oh, there's cameras everywhere and you check yes. your bag. And, I mean, it's, 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 it's like Amazon warehouse. Or Apple, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to have a clear, clear bag. You can't go in. Mm -hmm. with, I, I'm, I'm shocked they were able to get anything out of there. Well, here's the part that I think is, uh, I just laugh. I just, how can you, I smile at this, the brazen nature. Spikes got away with the heist for a time, but here, publishing images of some of the stolen goods on his Twitter account, and the Twitter account is at Backdoor Disney. <laughs> so first of all, you're putting their name in something. Look at me, look at me. <laughs> then you're showing your then you're showing pictures of yourself wearing like a Rapunzel or a Cinderella wig, right? Well. And this goes on for a while before he gets caught. You know, I, I anyway. Lady Gaga's dress, Valentino, lost and found nine months later. This guy's stealing. A judge Judy would convict these kids. Yeah. Yeah, they stole. Stolen prop. But the other one wouldn't. Unless the stuff, here's my other question, though. What if they said, I want you to dispose of this stuff. It needs to be thrown away. Now, that's one thing, right? So they could say, we're changing the wigs out on yep. the on the, on the dummies. haunted mansion yep. ride or whatever. Throw the wigs away. I guess you would still, they'd still not be allowed to take them. You were told Correct. to throw them away. Correct. Which meant the pro the that Disney had determined that they were waste, right? And they either pulp them, <laughs> put, the put the wig through the shredder, take Cinderella's wig and put that through the I shredder. I wonder, like at McDonald's, right, when they have that food, because they tell you to throw food away. Oh yeah. What if you said I'd like to have that Big Mac? Mm. Mm. You're not supposed to, but I know, I know. Imagine they have five apple pies, three sell, and the two of the at the end of the day, the manager's closing up, and there's just two, and he doesn't want them. Throw those apple pies. You away. and I would have taken them. I'd take that apple pie in a second. Good vanilla. You're all set. Remember those? Remember the yeah, box of popple? I actually like to have one now, and the crust actually wasn't bad. <laughs> I had a craving for McDonald's the other day. I almost stopped. Do you know the last time that you and I were traveling together and we satisfied an urge for McDonald's? We were with Andrew. That a, I was going to say that's the last time you had it was Fort Lauderdale. Yes, it was Fort That was a, how many years late ago? Late at night. Oh, it was so late. You got one little burger and I got one little thing and Andrew ordered like the house. Remember? Like 10 Happy Meals. Yeah. <laughs> well, whenever we travel with Andrew, he was, he was also the one who would do things like... Um, Waffles with starburst cream and jelly bean sauce and, and a scoop of vanilla or, or a scoop of chocolate ice. Remember the breakfast he would eat? Yeah. He would eat these enormous like ice cream waffle things. Yeah. I asked him one day, like, so we're, we're at the Luxor, I think, and, and breakfast, I ordered like a uh, egg white omelet and a piece of toast and a glass of tomato juice. And he ordered waffles with vanilla ice cream, chocolate syrup, whatever. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Well, you might as well get out of the way now because you'll burn it off during the day. Then, I want to say he ordered forty-five pieces of sushi before he got on the plane. Remember that? So we we're at the we we're at the Japanese restaurant, in the Luxor, and the chef was doing, and he a, a tray. Right, and I said, Andrew, do you know how much he that, ate all of it? Oh, 
45 pieces. Well, he was doing a red eye. He had to have an energy for the flight, I guess, right? And you would think he would be heavier. <laughs> I mean, he's not heavy at no, all. No, no. It's so weird. All right, so what's your business birthday today? Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Do you know Angelo Siciliano? Born today, October 30th, 1892. October 30th, 1892. Changed his name to Charles Atlas. Ah, okay. Because he thought it sounded more American, whatever that means. He also changed it because somebody told him he resembled the statue of Atlas on top of the hotel in Coney Island. And uh, he he died December 24th, 1972, made for a nice Christmas, 80 years old, was an Italian-American bodybuilder, best remembered as the developer of a bodybuilding method and his associated exercise program, which spawned a landmark advertising campaign featuring his name and likeness. It's been described as one of the longest-lasting and most memorable ad campaigns of all time. I don't know about that. Was Charles Atlas the one who used to have the the picture of the the skinny guy getting the dirt? Is it that his? Okay. His... <laughs> he trained himself to develop his body from that of a scrawny weakling to eventually becoming the most popular bodybuilder of the day. He took the name Atlas, as I said, in 1922, sounded more American. He teamed up with a fitness writer, and they uh, they developed this uh, ad campaign about the 97 pound weakling. And essentially what happened was, you know, the, the weakling would get sand kicked in his face. It was always done with a cartoon. The woman would then the woman would then make fun of him as well. He would go home, be upset, kick a chair, you know, and then he would get the Atlas books and then he would build himself back up and then go back and confront the bully and then win the girl back. It was always the same sort of ad. They've been going still to this day, apparently. They're still in comic books. It's this company's still going, and it says it's the, the longest running campaign started in 1929, and as of 2019, it still continues with a fitness program of the 97 pound weakling in the books and guides. Company's owned by Jeffrey Hogue, out of Florida. Hey Steve, could you zoom in on the image on the far right? What so, what 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 I'm leopard skin? Yeah, he's so what I'm finding fascinating about that that body type that he has right now we would call that lean and defined but bodybuilders today are enormous comparatively speaking right yeah so charles atlas actually looks pretty normal and healthy i mean and and it's it's whatever he could do with the weights well he used something called dynamic tension they said he looked at lions at the zoo and saw that there was a lot of pushing and pulling and so that's how he just developed this program that he called dynamic tension which consists of 12 different lessons and it was all about kind of pushing and pulling to build your muscle up. Hmm. And uh, they said people that had took, taken his course were uh, Rocky Marciano, Joe Lewis, fighters, and also um, Alan Wells, who was a 1980 Moscow Olympic Games 100-meter champion. So apparently it works. He also they used his body for a number of statues. Alexander Sterling Calder's Washington at Peace in Washington Square in Manhattan. Do you know where that is? Washington Square Arch? Yeah. So apparently that statue there is of is based on his based on him his physique. Alexander Alexander Hamilton at the U.S. Treasury is based on his physique. A whole bunch of others. They said the print ads became iconic because they were done in this cartoon style that that we mentioned earlier. And then there's a whole bunch of things with pop culture, but the one that I found most fascinating, which I never knew about, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is apropos for around now with Halloween. So you know that song, um, I Can Make You a Man. Yes. It's all about Charles yes. Atlas. They call it the Charles Atlas song. <laughs> Seriously? It says the title line exploits the grammatical ambiguity of the slogan, in just seven days I can make you a man. Dr. Frankenfurter sings that, right? right. Because you become a real man, create a man. They, they have all the references to the advertising. And then he gets sand in his face when kicked to the ground. Remember? So that literally that was, a rip off was a ripoff. song was a ripoff of the Charles Atlas oh advertising. God. I love the little Rocky Horror Picture like Show, 1975. I had no idea. They said the mad scientist Frankenfurter actually claims that his Frankenstein creation carries the Charles Atlas seal of approval. <laughs> also, the song We Are the Champions by Queen also um, has references to Charles Atlas in it as well. And it goes through a number of cartoons that, that mention it and, and uh, pop culture stuff. So happy birthday, Charles Atlas. I don't think we've done him before. No, we have never done him before. And if we had, I'd remember because that whole little bit about the ad campaign being the longest running 
Techn not technically. It's the longest running yeah. campaign running. 1929, and as of 2019, it's still going. Jeez. And it's so campy. They, they actually said that the U.S. Um, 1939, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission ordered him to stop claiming and his advertisements that his workout would help relieve skin disease and constipation. <laughs> Coffee relieves constipation. <laughs> Coffee. Well, that and a healthy diet with good fiber, I imagine. But, um, <laughs> wow. The uh, Happy birthday, Charles Atlas. That was a good one. And no, we have not done Charles Atlas. And I would think that's a good one for a book someday, Charles Atlas. Show. Yeah, well, that's Because of I... the advertising tie-in, too. I found a new site for these birthdays that we haven't used before because we've been doing birthdays oh, By now. the way, I like when you say that we haven't used. I have no idea how you find these things. To this day, 12 years into doing our broadcast, I have no idea how business birthday is done. I was going to say for 12 years we've been doing these business birthdays, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I remember that one. I remember yeah, that one. Yeah. And so I try to... Find something we haven't done because there's Perfect. certainly lots of captains of yeah. industry, but Charles Atlas, yeah. ongoing longest running ad campaign. <laughs> and we all know it because we all had those comic books as kids, right? Rocky Horror with Halloween. You can't, you know, it's made in heaven. Folks, we really do work hard to bring you the finest entertainment <laughs> on the Now planet. you're pushing it. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. So uh, as you may know, and if you don't, you're going to know after this, uh, Deep Discount is a big partner of ours here on the Focus Group, and we're really pleased to work with them every week. It's a winter, si winter site-wide sale, tens of thousands of items on sale at deepdiscount.com. And you get to the site by going to focusgroupradio.com and looking for the Deep Discount logo, which is a shark with sunglasses on. And his name is Sharky. Arr! And for some reason, it's the pirate voice. Again, I do not know. It's hardwired into me. So we normally pick our favorite stuff. Site-wide sale means we can do anything. I do not have anything written for you yet because I did the notes before, so I don't know what you picked. I picked something that I mentioned many times on the show, and so it's a repeat, but it is my favorite holiday movie, and we're at that time for you to order your holiday movies. It's uh, Dysfunctional Family in All Its Glory, and it's Home for the Holidays. Oh, is this Holly Hunter? Right, and nobody does Thanksgiving movies. Everyone does Christmas movies. And this uh, this movie has Robert Downey Jr., Jr., Holly Hunter, Anne Bancroft, Charles uh, Durning, Claire Danes, Dylan McDermott. It's a comedy. Came out in uh, 2000. Uh, I'm sorry. Came out in 1995. It was released uh, deep discount in 2001. It's seven dollars and thirty nine cents for the DVD. You have to get it. And seven thirty nine. You have to get it. Yeah, it's a woman comes home for Thanksgiving. I and all the dysfunction in, in Cleveland, and it's all the dysfunction of the everything from the the gay brother to the crazy aunt to the the dad and the the, the neurotic mother. So Robert Downey, I think, plays the gay brother. Yeah. It's, okay. Okay. And you know, there, it seems is this aired usually around the holidays. You know, sometimes it is, but I actually do have I I actually have the CD and I've given or the DVD and I have given it to people because I do think it it certainly is a slice. You know, again, as all these things because of now the internets and yeah. so forth. But if you grew up in the 80s, 90s, it's it's pretty pretty much um, on target, I think. Yeah. Uh. What'd you pick? Well, I picked something uh, different because lately I was, uh, in fact, in one of our business, one of our accounts that we manage for our advertising business, you and I were recently dealing with something, and I kept calling it the Spanish Inquisition. Because we were being asked a lot of questions about something, nothing bad, but but then I remembered that Monty Python's Flying Circus used to do something called "You Never Know When the Spanish Inquisition Will Come," and they used to do, they used to barge into people's homes dressed as priests, and they were doing the Spanish Inquisition. So I found on Deep Discount this incredible entire collection. It's it's Monty Python's Flying Circus, the complete series, a Norwegian Blu-ray Blu-ray edition, years in the making. The studio network is proud to present the entire original television series of Monty Python's Flying Circus, fully rejuvenated for the first time. Sketches, some edited for timing, taste, and copyright reasons. I, I raised an eyebrow at that. Have been carefully restored to their intended length, and the majority of Terry Gilliam's animations have been newly scanned in high def and restored to the specifications way beyond their original format. So this collection, this Monty Python, is absolutely the complete Monty Python 
all the stuff you probably have never seen, some some bits you've never seen because they were edited for time and rebroadcast, whatever, but it's complete end to end. I think the whole package is, Steve, what is that, one, 118 or something? 1899. No, imagine it's a little higher than that. Oh no! Hey, one eighteen ninety nine. It's not bad for what you're getting, man. And it's that's all what I don't get. Why is it Norwegian? It's 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 that's an interesting thing. It's uh, why don't you say import? And they they make sure that when you're at deep discount, you know you can play it on any Blu-ray player. So, oh, okay. but it, it was apparently produced the the studio network got the rights over there in Europe and they're in Norway. So, so I picked uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, the complete series. I'm actually angling to get this because. I love Monty Python. There's the penguin on your television set is about to explode. Were you a Monty Python fan? Nope. <laughs> David Bragg, Bernie Gracie. There's a bunch of us. Yeah, you're rolling your head. We were sophisticated humor in high school. We knew what we were doing. in a gifted program. And we were in... You went to, were you yes, I was. And you're doing that like a little stick poking me at. Now, the release this week is another one that I think you should have, Tim. Bob loves this. Okay, it's the new release, and it's from Criterion, so you know it's got the, right? It's got the gold seal of, like the housekeeping seal of approval. Godzilla, the Showa Air film. So Showa was the studio or the director, uh, 1954 to 1975. And the set includes eight movies. Godzilla, Godzilla Raids Again, King Kong versus Godzilla, Mothra, (laughs) one of my favorites, Mothra versus Godzilla, Ghidorah. The Three-Headed Monster, Invasion of Astro Monster, Abira, Horror of the Deep, Son of Godzilla, Destroy All Monsters. That was recently on uh, Turner Classic Movies. The Monsters Attack and Godzilla versus Hedorah. So these have gotten the Criterion treatment through and through. They're beautiful prints. There's some extras on there. But we TCM has been showing, Turner Classic Movies has been showing some of the Godzilla movies. And I was stunned to see how Bob transfixed the really? minute and I'm like did you like he said you didn't watch this growing up I said yeah I watched Godzilla growing up I said what what did you his favorite thing is all the little buildings and all the things exploding and you know and there was one scene we we were watching I think it was a destroy all monsters where Godzilla strikes this karate pose with the rubber suit I couldn't stop laughing. I thought this is. You see the strings <laughs> when when the thing flies through it like comes through with this yeah so, um, yeah, Everybody's screaming and the fire comes out of the mouth with the three. Yeah, it, they're they're fun. They really are fun. It's I got to tell you, it's camp. Yeah. Right. So There's nothing better than that. So that's the new release. Cool. Well, head over to uh, head over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the deep discount logo and own your passion. It's the winter site wide sale. I had picked Home for the Holidays, which is one of my favorite uh, all-time holiday movies, even though it's Thanksgiving, not Christmas. John picked Monty Python's Flying Circus, the complete series, Norwegian Blu-ray edition. And the release this week is Godzilla, the Showa-era films, 1954 to 1975, part of the Criterion Collection on Blu-ray. And as you know, if it's Criterion Collection, it has the great seal of approval. Right, Garrett? Thanks, Deep Discount. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we've got a shop talk that talks about some of the uh, most popular candy in various states. So stay with us. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is all you need to know ah, to uh, find out all about us. And I was distracted momentarily because we have our good friend Don from Alabama calling in. Don, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How's it going? It's going very well. You have something for us about uh, some NASA news? Well, uh, last Wednesday, I got to go out to the Marshall Space Flight Center for a little inside baseball briefing on the James Webb Telescope. Uh, The launch has been moved back to 2021, but uh, they were talking about one of the new, or one of the instruments that's going on there, which is essentially the camera. But one of the things that uh, they said that I thought was really interesting and kind of dropped some jaws in the room is that 
because of the size of this mirror, which is roughly you know six times that of Hubble, and the frequency wavelength that they're seeing, out to about 13 light years, they anticipate they will be able to see atmospheres on planets in Goldilocks zones. Seriously? Means, yeah, they, they expect the fidelity of this um, what he, the, the way they described it is the fidelity of this telescope is setting a sewing needle on the moon and being able to see the eye of the needle. <laughs> wow. I thought the Goldilocks yeah. zone was like 437 light years away or something crazy like that. The, the Goldilocks zone is the zone around a star relative to the star's energy output that would allow for water to exist in liquid gas and frozen state. Right, but so it I, depends I, on the star that it's around. But they're able to, so at only 13 light years away, though, they'll be able to see an additional 400 light years away? No, 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 no. They, they're, this telescope will allow them to actually see the atmosphere of a planet orbiting a star about 13 light years away, much like the shuttle would snap a picture of from orbit of the Earth. Is that right, right. Don? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I just uh, thought not, the Goldilocks zone was a lot further away. I didn't look No, no, no. Every every star has a Goldilocks zone, depending on the star's intensity, color, and uh how much warmth it puts out, the area around it that supports like Mars and Earth are sort of in the Goldilocks zone. Am I right about that, Don? <laughs> right. Earth, the, for our star, the Earth sits in the Goldi in the optimal Goldilocks zone allowing for water to exist in liquid, frozen, and gaseous state depending on the amount of uh photonic energy that hits it. So each star has its own Goldilocks zone. It's just a ring around it, depending on the star and the energy output. Yeah. But it, it was fascinating to see that, you know, once this thing gets out there, it's going to go out about a million miles to the second Lagrange point uh, between the Earth and the Sun and sit. But once it's up and running and they get everything calibrated, that the ability to see something as distinct as an atmosphere on a planet is just astounding. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, uh, Don, I'm curious about, A, how you got, how you're so involved in this that you got to go to that cool briefing. But also, this has been pushed back a number of times for launch, right? Right. Well, the, the thing about this is because it's going to, the, to Lagrange 2, which is about, you know, what, 1,250 kilometers or 1.2 million kilometers out. So it's, it's not serviceable. We're not going to be able to send a spacecraft out and fix something if it doesn't work. So the criteria, the testing criteria for this thing is infinitely greater than it was for Hubble. Uh, the system is designed with multiple redundancies so that if there are, you know, deformation issues like you had with Hubble, uh, this thing uses 18 octagonal beryllium mirrors. Each of those mirrors has several very, very small, very, very precise motors that control and flex it. So that there's any, you know, if there's even a tenth of a human hair's differentiation, those motors can recontort the mirrors to compensate for that. Wow. So, I never thought of that because that was the thing about Hubble. The, the mirror was mm -hmm. malformed and they were actually able to put corrective optics on it in orbit with the shuttle. I think Story Musgrave was the guy that handled yep. that mission. Went to Marietta. Yep. Did he really? <laughs> Engineer, yep. right? Engineering. Yeah. See, Tim knows. <laughs> But John, remember that deformation from one side of the mirror to the other was the the width of three human hairs. Yeah, I know. I and and pe when people hear that, they are like, "How can that?" But for the distances they're measuring and for what they're looking at, that could have really thrown off a lot of the uh, oh yeah of the measurements. Wow, pretty cool. I, Don, you get to go some do some pretty cool stuff, like going and sitting on these really cool briefings. Well, it's just part of living in Rocket City. <laughs> we got to. I tell you. We're, we're angling for some uh, road trips next year, and one of them, we wanted to go down. To, we were going to do a, a tour through Rocket yeah, City. Yeah, it kept yeah. getting canceled. Yeah. What's the point of looking oh, yeah. at, what's the point of finding water out there? Water is the clear, it, it, or as human beings understand it, carbon-based life requires water. Yeah. If we find liquid water, then the probability of finding life goes up exponentially. And right now, you know, the, the big running theory is that you've got, you probably have life on Mars and the poles. You probably have uh, life on some of the moons around uh, Jupiter and Saturn. But when you've got planets that have been identified by Kepler as sitting in the Goldilocks zone, you know, you find water 
you you know odds are you're going to find life. The thing with with web is if you find certain gases in the atmosphere, you know there are certain gases that only exist as a result of intelligent life and industrialization. Yep, fluorocarbons, so, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. So you start finding those in atmospheres around planets, then you're making a very strong argument for, hey, we're not the only ones on the in the box. Boy, you know, I tell you, Don, let's go to the year 2023 and, and Webb is in place. It's been observing stuff and they, and they send back to the, to the NASA control room pictures of a, a different planet orbiting a different star and they actually detect stuff like that. It's going to be fascinating if that occurs. You know, I would like nothing more than to have this proved that we're not alone. I just... I think that's already been proven. You have well... Just a Scientologist. You know... <laughs> <laughs> Factually proven, Tim. Factually. They, they already came here. <laughs> Zenu, was it Zenu? They landed in a volcano when they recreated and... <laughs> and the evil spirits. All right, clear water. All right, Don, we got to get on with this show. Thank right. you for that fascinating thing. I'm very glad you got to do that. Thank you. All right. Moving from the uh, external, moving from the solar system at large back to planet Earth. One thing, though, I was confused about that I, I said to uh, talked to you about the Goldilocks. I was reading something about they've identified a planet exactly like ours, but it, I thought it was four hundred. Oh, it could be millions of light years away. Could be hundreds of light years away. But it's just talking about water and atmosphere. He's talking about if this if this is the sun. Right. Every star has a depending on the size of the star, the intensity of heat has a zone. If planets happen to be in that zone, right. then they might actually support liquid or gaseous, or water and liquid gaseous or frozen state. All right, back here on planet Earth, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you have a favorite Halloween candy, John? I have a favorite candy, but my favorite Halloween candy was, um, well, it was either, uh, I used to like Baby Ruth. Oh, that was a good one. Um, and there was the one with toffee that I liked. Was that the score bar? Might have been a score bar. Heath? Which one? Oh, Heath, the Heath bar. bar. That's it. It's yeah. the Heath bar. Delicious. Yeah. Boy, they were rare on the on the on the Halloween trail. A Heath bar. That house, a house that had Heath, was a house that had Heath. I like the chunky. Was that the square one that had the raisin in it? Yeah, the big yeah. chunky thing, the silver. Look at yeah. like an ingot. Like yeah. that. All right, so uh, we found a map that was generated by uh, Bid on Equipment, which is a B two B business. But here's how they did this. So I remember to take this all with a grain of salt. Um, they did their ranking of Halloween of favorite candies by state based on a Google search volume. So if I, I guess they could figure out if someone was searching for Milky Way, where was the yeah. bulk of those things coming from? Um, turns out that if I'm not mistaken, if I read this correctly, uh, M&M's appears to be the major winner in most metropolitan areas. Most metropolitan areas, but not the overall winner. What is the overall winner? Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, uh, number one. Yeah. Most popular candy in 12 states. This could be a Tim's List in another life. Well, yeah. It, it was a Tim's List Back probably the another day. So, uh, guys, I'm kind of surprised by this. So, we have, um... California, as always, an outlier. It's, are they the only ones that like Kit Kat? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah. My, I'm going to make a guess. Kit Kat is a, not necessarily an American bar and very, very popular in Asia and in South Tourism? America. No, I just think because of the population, it's such a diverse population in California. But also, they're facing the Pacific, so a lot of so tourists. You, and you, you can get all kinds of flavored Kit Kats in Japan and in Asia. And I'm thinking one of our um, was it Don Gorick? One of our listeners used to that send does, us yeah. stuff. Stuff, uh, yeah, yeah. And and so my guess is now the one that surprised me was Denver because you did it by by city too. And I thought maybe they got it confused with edibles since marijuana is legal. Oh my God, this is hysterical. Denver. They like Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, yeah. Who wants a Who wants a sucker kid? The candy's like a chocolate bar. Isn't it? Although I like Twizzlers, not on the list. Uh, and, I, and I like sweet tarts. And I like Necco wafers, but I do think chocolate wins for me. So here's the thing: uh, we're going to look at some. We'll look at the major metropolitan areas: New York City, M and M's. I can attest to that. Los Angeles, Jolly Ranchers. That was a head scratcher. Chicago, Chicago, Kit Kat, and Houston, Texas. That one surprised me. Milk Duds. Milk Duds. That kind of makes sense to me. Philly. Milk Duds also, and I can tell you what, 
I could go to 15 stores in Philly and not find Milk Duds. I don't know who's eating Milk Duds in Philly. <laughs> you? Neither do I. When's the last time you had a Milk Dud unless you needed a filling removed? I don't want to say unless you want to. Because <laughs> they used to stick oh to my your dental work. You had to peel it off. So then San Francisco and San Diego both like M&M's. Dallas is a Snickers town. San Jose's Hershey's. Who's? How about Austin? Austin, Reese's, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and Jacksonville. I'm also surprised because those melt, they're not very good. Um, Fort Worth and Columbus, both M&M's. San Fran, Milky Way. Charlotte, again with the Milk Duds. <laughs> the home of Mike Pence, Indianapolis. This one surprised me. And Mayor Pete. Lifesavers. Not a candy. If, if someone gave me a pack of Lifesavers as a kid, they were branded a house you did not want to bother going to. You no, know, no, this was on Cash Cab the other day. I, I love this. Cash Cab. You know what the original flavors were of Lifesavers? I got them all but one. Strawberry. No, no. Oh. Cherry, lime, lemon. I don't know if it was lemon. Or orange. Because um, it was green, yellow, Maybe red. Maybe it was lemon. And then there was one more, and I didn't get it. Was it blue? Was it blueberry? No. You guys know what the fifth one is? Or you didn't look pineapple. It up you looked it up. I did it. <laughs> I just always hate the pineapple. I know you looked it up. I yep. like the pineapple. See? This is Garrett is like a walking Garrett. Why did you I was ever be wrong? I figured that would be like a newer flavor. No pineapple, and they actually in the cash cab, uh, one of the kids got it pineapple, and I was I... Garrett. Why have you never ever done Jeopardy? You should audition for Jeopardy. It seems like such a hassle. Like you have to try out a few times, and you have to keep going back and taking tests. It's for you someone know... that doesn't work. My boss was on Jeopardy. I think Garrett would do great on Jeopardy. Well, she said the hardest thing was was getting the button buzzer. The clicker, yeah. the clicker thing. She said she knew a lot of stuff. She couldn't get the clicker right. Our friend, my friend Adrian's uh, former girlfriend was on. She made it to Jeopardy, and she went out to Hollywood. They t they they have you bring like five outfits out in case you're win yep. win win. She gets on. She didn't pass. She did okay, but she didn't win the round. But she actually told him later, the, the, you got to be good on the button. They actually give you little training sessions for the button, too. It was funny with Mary. The one of the the question, the final Jeopardy, was the candy bar that was named after. The president's uh, daughter. Baby Ruth? Baby Ruth. <laughs> I would have thought that would have been Babe Ruth. Which everybody thought it was uh, Babe Ruth. Okay, baseball, okay, everyone got okay. confused. But yeah, Baby Ruth. Okay. Yeah, you're good. See, John, you should go on Jeopardy. No, 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 no. I'll freeze. I, I can't I, get religion. I, I, I struggle with Shakespeare, though I got an A in it. I can't do Shakespeare. I can't do the religious questions. And I can't do some of the, some of the science-y things. I think poetry I think, and opera. Yeah, Those see, are always big. Yeah, I think I think Garrett could do it because I don't think he'll freeze. I, I don't think he'll freeze. He'll be like, whatever, I'm here. Click, 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 and he'll just do the. He'll sweep the category. He'll get the daily double. I want him. I want, and then we'll share the money because we got him to do it. So, <laughs> will you sign up? Will you go if we do it. If we do an audition, he froze. <laughs> uh, I, I just think it's isn't it a lot of time you have to take? Well, now they've changed it so you a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it, what are you doing here? Will Alex Trebek even be a? Wow. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm so upset, and but you could tell by the way in these latest uh, shows that he is in fact wearing a wig because he's back in. Well, they said he would, he would go back uh, during breaks and cry, and his room he was in such pain. Uh, I don't know why he's still doing it. Because you know why? I love him to death, and I hope he. You know, I. Well, I don't know what. By the way. Total sidecar. That friend, that show is so, the DNA of that show is so wrapped around. Sidebar. Total sidecar. Sidecar. Oh, yeah, Tim. I got a Negroni. Anyway. Oh, yeah, Tim. Oh, yeah. Let me sidecar you. <laughs> Pigeon toed into a corner. The, I don't um, want to carnivalize the sales of that car. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> anyway, no, we talked he, about this the other night. I, w I was with friends. When he goes, it's going to be difficult to replace him, just like I don't think Drew Carey's doing well on The Price is Right. And Bob Barker was, yeah, yeah. Right. And I don't think when Pat Sajak and Vanna move on that they're going to be able to replace them either. Isn't it interesting that their entire, like Alex Trebek's career is Jeopardy? Well, he did Concentration, did a bunch of other shows that were just eh. But he's the Jeopardy guy, and you need an intellect. They've given some names. They thought Queen Latifah might do it. I think she'd be horrible. Or Whoopi how Goldberg. They, how did they come up with those? They throw names out for people that would replace Alex no, 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 Trebek. Here's the thing. Alex Trebek was not a Hollywood name. I'm just telling you. But, Look but, what they've done to some of these other game shows. That one with the gap in his teeth that I can't stand that we need to get his agent. And Michael Strahan doing Pyramid.
Oh, yeah. With former football player, right? Football player. That He's got the greatest agent in the world. And he was on Good Morning America. He was on Kelly. He was this oh Good Morning God. with Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, anything else you want to go over with uh, Halloween candy? No, happy Halloween. Uh, real quick. <laughs> Boo. Jolly Ranchers are made in Colorado, so that's why they're probably Oh, oh, okay. And you looked that up? Yeah, I did look that up. I thought that might have been the edibles. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably an edible called the Jolly Rancher, Alaska, right? the Snickers. But some of these I was surprised about. Wyoming, sweet tarts. Yeah, that was a weird one. Illinois, Jolly Rancher. Swedish fish was Kentucky. Kentucky. Swedish fish. Maybe Mitch, Mitch. By the way, what's under the what's under um, Red Hots? Red Hots are those like, which is also like the tamales, right? Hot mm-hmm. Tamales. Yeah, I remember though. I, I have fond memories of Halloween when we get home and we dump the bags on the floor, and my it mom had a smell. Yeah, my mom would be like a, a hawk, looking at if there was a stray apple, an apple. We would, that would get snatched up. Why? Why would we not allowed to have an apple? Had a razor blade. Have a razor. <laughs> so we could have put happened. a. It never. Yeah, it had a razor. Well, one thing on here I just noticed. So in Wisconsin, yeah, it's not M and M's. It's pretzel M and M's. Have you had those? Yes, they're very good actually. Pretzel M and M's. Yeah. Because it's salty. It's salt. It's it's the best Almost combination sweet. in the world. There's a little bit of the pretzels, like you know, uh, crumbly, and then you have the salt and the chocolate. It's great. And then Tootsie Pops in Montana. By the way, it's not lost on me that down in Louisiana, their favorite candy is airheads. <laughs> I don't even know what an airhead is, but I, yeah, I don't know what that, well. <laughs> and again, folks, this, to me, the science here is a little spurious, my new favorite SAT word. Um, I, I don't know that I'd trust that everybody in Louisiana is rushing the stores for airheads, but I just thought that was- Gummy worms in South Dakota, that's another one. There you go. And, and, and who, who's nerds? What state is that? Nerds. Is that Colorado? It's Colorado. Okay, but the Denver was Jolly Rancher, Jolly but the Rancher. state of Colorado likes nerds. Yeah. So if everyone goes out trick-or-treating tomorrow, we hope you have a good... Safe time. Good safe time. Usually I get the... You know, when I do these big candy bars, the parents, oh, can I have something for so-and-so? I'm like, don't lie. You just want it for yourself. <laughs> right. Hey, you know what? Uh, I just saw the sign up list the other day in our apartment building. So you we have a lot of up. we have a lot of kids and um I said Did to you Bob, sign up? No. I said to Bob, Do you want to sign up? And I just got this blank stare. Like and then he said, He goes, What do you want for dinner again? Like it was totally like I didn't even speak. Like, do you want to sign up for the for How many homes signed up? Uh we had about well, we have a hundred and twenty some apartments in the building. I think about fourteen or eighteen so far. What a horrible building. Oh, no, no, but they go out. I mean, there's a bunch of buildings that welcome all kids. And they have a Halloween parade. As much as you like kids and, and are always a pain in the ass when we travel with talking with kids, I can't believe you're not doing Halloween. Seriously. What's that face for? If you live by yourself, would you do it? No, oh my God. <laughs> Turn the lights off. <laughs> no one's home. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I'm not giving out candy. We're not doing it. Maybe I'll do it, and I'll give out the little the little things you gave me today. You can't give out one little thing like that. You got to give out. See something. now, that's how you got roped into this horribly expensive buying by the box, the enormous chocolate bar thing. I know. How much is that box of candy? So well, they were on sale. It was thirteen fifty, but it's usually twenty. You bought four. I bought two. Two. I usually buy five or six because, and I run out. But I'm hoping for rain. It's supposed to be pouring rain tomorrow. In other words, you're rolling the dice on Halloween. Well, and I have to be in New York again tomorrow. And so I'm not sure I'm going to get home in time. I don't, nobody, I used to host a Halloween party at my house and make a big lasagna. Nobody's coming. So quite frankly, I wish it would pour rain. I'll bring the candy in for you next week. Wow. Happy Halloween. And and the Grinch is not until Christmas, but I know. Wow. Hey, so thanks for joining us. Thank you, John. Thanks to uh, our boys in the booth. Who's that? Who's that? There's Robbie, Bobby, Steve, and Garrett. Garrett, yeah. The ladies, the ladies have left us. They're, they're in the other room, but and and I want Garrett on. Jeff, well, Jeffrey. we're gonna put Garrett on. We got a lot of things to do. You with do Garrett. all the pre work now is online. You take these tests online. That could be and a fun. Then test. you go to a live thing, and then you get selected. Yeah, well, I think gonna, we, should, you know, I'll, we if, should all do it. If I do the R&D. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> that or Wheel of Fortune. No, no. No. Garrett's Jeopardy. All right. It's native intelligence. Thanks to, thanks to our friends at Deep Discount. Go to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the Deep Discount logo. 
It's the winter sightwide sale I picked home for the holidays. John had picked Monty Python's Flying Circus, the complete series. And the release this week is Godzilla. The uh, Shora era collection from 54 to 75 and uh, remastered by the Criterion folks. So it's the Criterion edition on Blu-ray. Be sure to get it. Remember, everybody, don't text and drive. Arrive alive. Have a happy and safe Halloween. We'll see you in November. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.